Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. It's me, I am your host, Emma Gunn Awardner, and I'm so happy to say that I'm joined in this episode by the one and only Kate Somerville. And listeners, I'm not going to lie, this was such a lovely episode to record. I've never had an experience quite like it, and I was actually at dinner last night, name drop, with Nadine and Lindsay, that's Baggett and Kelk, for regular listeners, and I was saying to them how it was like the second I got into the room with Kate, it was like we were magnets, just drawn to each other, even at the end, room full of people, and where do I find myself in the corner having like a little chat with Kate, it was just so, so lovely, and also just so surprising that it's taken us this long to meet, given that we both work in the beauty industry, so I'm going to set the scene for you, we met in Kate's hotel room on Halloween, (laughs) that's as descriptive as it's going to get, I don't know what the moon was doing, and I don't know what temperature was and within five minutes we were talking about margaritas los angeles the beach santa barbara and guacamole and within moments of us finishing the taping we were drinking homemade margaritas delicious by the way and toasting the fact that we finally got together um met and also created this podcast the show honestly was a delight to record because kate is no nonsense she's no bs and i really really love love her story how she learned to manage her own eczema, how that interest in skin sent her on a career path where she became a clinician and esthetician who created her own skincare, why science is so important to her brand, which makes my heart sing, and how becoming a businesswoman came with its fair share of trials and tribulations and what she's up to next. And it really reminded me, and I think this is another reason why the show felt so special, it really reminded me of how the Emma Gunn show started, which was... I, for years, have spoken to people in the beauty industry who've created brands, who've created this huge success, and there's never been a blueprint. There's never been a blueprint for how they should, or any kind of, you know, uh, join the dots of how they should create those those businesses. And whenever I used to write editorial in magazines, that was the part of the story that you were never able to share because it was always about the products or about, you know, something else. And it was really, really delightful to sit and, and go right back to the beginning of Kate's story. Really go back to the beginning of Kate's story, understand how all of the pieces fit together. And also you can hear it too. She's a brilliant person to have a proper deep and meaningful with. Um, <laughs> genuinely, this podcast could have been several hours long. It was so easy to talk to Kate and no subject was off limits. And no question didn't have an answer. And she was very open and honest, which is always just such a delight. So... You're going to hear it too, I'm sure, but you'll also get the sense of what a level-headed friend she is, how emotionally emotionally intelligent she is, and and how strong she is both for herself and for the people around her, and her ability to see through BS and not get caught up in drama, which is a a quality I admire in anyone. Are you getting the sense that I had a good time recording with Kate Somerville? I do hope so. So without any further ado, here she is, Kate Somerville on The Emma Gunn Show. Okay, 
<laughs> right, Kate Somerville. Uh, this is your life. <laughs> we start off giggling. <laughs> I think we should start off giggling because yeah. um, this is a conversation I'm so excited about having because I know so much about you from mutual friends. Yeah. From the interweb and Mm -hmm. and it's so delightful to actually sit down and chat to you because you have a story that I find fascinating and I just I feel like we've been in the room together for a little while now um my suspicions are correct you and I talk in quite a similar way yeah totally (laughs) we 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 have to hang out more (laughs) yes yes so I will come over to LA okay I love it (laughs) so your story is really amazing and I basically uh adore your approach to beauty and skincare and being real and loads of people will know that you are very good friends with Caroline Hirons. I am. You presented her with an award last night. Yes. And um, I messaged her saying I am quite nervous about. Oh my gosh. And she probably (laughs) laughed, right? She she wrote back something like, oh my God, Ems, first time I saw her. I don't know why I'm doing her voice like that. She will listen to this and <laughs> send me a horrible message. She's like, oh my God, first time I saw her, she said, why are you, Why the F are you putting 24 karat gold in skincare? Yeah. It does nothing. Yeah, totally. I did say that. <laughs> and I still will say that. Yes. Which is what I really like because I think I was telling you off the record earlier mm. that I have a little bit of regret about my early beauty journalism career and the fact that I feel yeah. as though I... But you have to let that go. Thank you. This is why we're going to be friends. It was, it's, that was a, that was, that got you to this. That is a stepping stone and it made you who you are today. Thank you. Yeah. And I will treat it like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it made me learning from that has been, I will never talk about something. I will never give anything exposure unless I feel like it has validity. Yes, exactly. And I feel like that's totally where you are. But here's the beautiful lesson. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have known that if you didn't experience it in your early days. Mm -hmm. And now you've moved to the next level where you can pick and choose what you get to talk about. Mm. So that's beautiful. Beautiful. Mm. So and think back to that as a beautiful journey instead Mm -hmm. of like, oh, you know. Yeah. I'm just very, very aware that sometimes that things that I could say could influence how somebody spends their money and people work really hard for their money. So I have to take that seriously. Yeah. Cool. And I know that that's where a place that you come from too. Yeah. And also delivering. So delivering, delivering on the goods. So being authentic and, and knowing your stuff Mm -hmm. and giving the results Mm -hmm. that that's important. Well, okay. Which brings me neatly to my first quote <laughs> on my printout. And this is in the box. This is um, in the box of the products. Uh, I think it was the Exfoliate mm-hmm. moisturi- Glow Moisturizer. Yeah, that yeah. I, um, when I opened the box, I was like, I'm going to make a note of that. When you open the box, it reads, and it's a quote, I believe everyone deserves to have beautiful skin. Mm-hmm. And it's my promise to guide you there. Yeah. Yeah. Because I see clients every day mm. that have lost hope. Mm. every day like literally they they're they're at their wits end they've tried everything they've gone to places and then they finally get to me somehow Mm. by the grace of God and they get to me and we work it out Mm. and they don't even know there's a solution for their problem Mm. like 
like for instance, I just one of my really best friends, um, her niece came to her and she just graduated college and she just got her first job and she has severe acne scars and she has no confidence whatsoever and came to her aunt and just was crying and so you know I I, and she said to her aunt which broke her heart said I feel like I don't have a place at the table Mm -hmm. and so her her aunt is one of my good friends Mm -hmm. so she called me one night and she's like I have to help her and and I said well let's send her in let me let me see your picture you know, and I sent her in for something called IndyMed, and it's 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 basically takes away acne scars. And we got her in, and she is an absolute different person mm. because we changed her skin. Mm. And she she was living with acne scars, thinking that that's how she had to live. She didn't know there was a solution. Mm. And we've been treating acne scars for years, but now we have technology that like changes it pretty rapidly. And so, and and now she, she I I talked to. Her name's Randy, is my really good friend. And she's like, she's a different person, Kate. And mm. and she's like, she has a place at the table. So that's, for me, that's that's what I love to do. Mm. Um, and that's what's going to keep me doing this mm. is because sometimes the beauty business is the ugliest business in the world. Yeah. <laughs> it, it can be. And we it's, are gonna, it's a tough business I to be you, in. I believe you've called it a bitch before. Yeah, it is a bitch. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a hard business to be in. And now it's even getting tougher mm. because the competition and the marketing. And now it's it's kind of getting like the music industry. Mm. Like remember, well, you probably, don't, well, maybe you remember. Remember albums? Yes, I remember. What was the first album you bought? Oh. Was, With your money. Oh. Probably Elton John, you know, um, he has the glasses on with the, you know, Rocket, Rocket Man. Rocket yeah. Man. That, probably that one or um, Steely Dan, Fleetwood Mac. I mean, these are like, you know, my This is favorite. why you're friends with Caroline. You're so much cooler than me. Mine was um, uh, the Lemonheads. It's a shame about Ray. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you're younger. You're, you're much younger than me. I'm 50. 42 nearly but yeah. um my dad had all like yeah had yeah motown records yeah records, yeah so. uh, my mom too yeah. yeah so music's huge part of my life yes but when i say it's like the music industry so now my son listens to all kinds of music mm. but it streams he has no idea the name of the artist mm-hmm. unless they're really big he he listens to one song he doesn't get to listen to a full album mm. So, like, I got that experience, thank mm. God, because mm. I can appreciate, like, you know, like the Beatles, right? Like, you people, like, know inside and out. They used to study the white, you know, study the album and play it backwards mm. and try and figure it out. But um, now the skincare industry is becoming fragmented like mm. that. Mm. And so it's hard to heal people when it's so fragmented, and when you say fragmented, do you mean you've got the people who are established and have got a discography of amazing classic albums, skincare ranges, but you also have the new artists who maybe got big on YouTube. Is, is that the parallel that you're drawing? No, that there's just, there's so many brands and now people are using one-offs of everything. Right. And so he, to get people to heal from A to Z if they need healing, mm-hmm. like acne or... Um, 
whatever it is. Mm. It's hard because they're, they're confused and they're trying so many things. So when someone comes to me finally and says, I need help, I, I, I need, for, I need to change my skin mm. for some reason, mm-hmm. then I go, okay, we're going to wipe the slate clean for a minute. I'm going to put you on a regimen because I'm a clinician. I understand mm-hmm. the ingredients and the rhythm of what they need to do to get transformation. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what I mean. Like the industry is becoming, it's kind of like the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. It's inundated. And, and now like even Gucci and all these major brands, even though they're still so relevant, now people are wearing like even wealthy, they're wearing Zara with Gucci. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's becoming way more fragmented mm-hmm. instead of like you go to like a specialist and you stay with one brand they're using everything mm. you know well you said something there that's so important and really kind of underpinned your entire yeah. story which is you're a clinician yeah and you're so can we go back to the very very beginning sure so what was the you had eczema there were two sort eczema. of starting points you had yeah. eczema eczema as a kid yeah yeah and, and so, still have well you live with eczema yeah you know it's not curable at this moment and do you think that that is the reason why you do what you do? Ultimately? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was the gift. That mm. sounds so crazy, but it was my gift because I know how uncomfortable it is to feel uncomfortable in your own skin, like mm. physically. Mm. Um, my skin would get flaky and dry and red and irritated and I was an athlete, so when I'd sweat, it got just stingy, and I was uncomfortable. Mm. And um, I lived in the mountains, um, so, like, my environment wasn't great for eczema. And mm. I lived on a farm, so, like, lots of allergens. And um, so really understanding, like, I, I started having to figure out my own remedies. Mm-hmm. And, and so what started that, my mom took me in to germ, dermatologist, but they would like see me for two seconds go, oh, eczema, cortisone. And, the, and then I'm on cortisone as a kid, you know, and they're like, you can't use it too much because it thins the skin. There's all, all kinds of side yeah. effects. And so my mom, I was at a really bad state and she put goat's milk in my bath. And I saw a difference Mm. and I was like, okay, there's remedies I can figure out. And it's taken me like half of a lifetime Mm. to figure out my puzzle to keep my skin in remission and it's work every day. So like I have to get into a bath every day Mm -hmm. and I, I get my skin wet twice a day and I don't shower a lot because showering Um, is too harsh for my skin. So I get in a bath Mm -hmm. and then I don't ever use soap. I don't do dishes. Thank God I married someone that loves dishes because it's on my hands. Um, being an esthetician was really tough on my hands. Mm. Um, and then immediately after I get out of the bath, I pat dry, I can't rub my skin Mm. and I apply, um, I apply Curel. It's it's a it's a brand that is in our drugstores. I don't know if you carry it in the UK, but it it literally has saved my life. But I have to put it on like while I'm kind of wet, mm. and then even the clothes I buy, 
have to be, um, in fact, I drive people nuts. Like I can't wear wool or anything like, like rough linen. Um, I have to find soft clothes Mm. because my skin gets irritated that easy. And then when I really have a bad breakout, I have to revert to cortisone and, but how I do cortisone, I learned from this amazing dermatologist, Dr. Morris in LA, Um, but he taught me that, okay, when you have a breakout, he gives me something called clobidisol. It's, it's really strong, Mm. um, cortisone, but I, I put it on three times a day on the spot. That's really aggravated and I push it in. That's the other thing. Like he taught me, he's like, you can't just put a cream on. Mm. You have to push it, the medication into the skin. So I do that for five days. It's making me think about the oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. We'll come Pushing, to that later, yeah. And, and then um, I have to watch what I eat. Mm. So um, I can't let my body get too acidic. So coffee, super acidic. So I, I do cold brew because I, I learned that coffee, my husband got me on coffee. And when I started regular coffee, <laughs> I my eczema went through the roof. And so I found this, this, it's called the toddy. It's T-O-D-Y. It's this coffee thing that you use and you you just take a pound of coffee and fill it with water and then you drain it the next day and it's cold brew. And apparently what I learned was when you put heat on the bean, it brings the acid in. But if you do it cold brew, it's, it's like 87% less acidic. So, um, I, I drink cold brew coffee now for my coffee and I drink, um, lemon water because lemon water alkalizes your body. And I have to, I love Mexican food. So when I eat a lot of tomatoes, Mm. my body goes really acidic. Um, so, and, and meats are acidic. So if I eat too much meat and I honestly wheat, like wheat, not gluten free, Mm. but wheat can really aggravate my skin. Just going back to lemon water, yeah, that alkalizes the body. It does. But wait, yeah, so, I know. Please I'm, explain I the science this. to me. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone thinks that um, lemon in the body is acidic, acidic yeah. but it does the opposite. It alkalines the body. Yeah. So I learned this through my father-in-law, who had cancer for twelve years, and. He started doing alkaline water, so he alkalized his water. Mm-hmm. And there's so many instances when people are drinking alkaline water that their health gets so much better. And so he was doing all these amazing health things to keep himself alive, mm-hmm. and and he did. He kept himself alive for 12 years after having cancer. So um, I learned a lot through him mm-hmm. and how he treated his body and diet. Like mm-hmm. he ate a lot of green leaf vegetables. He didn't eat red meat. He ate fish for his protein. Yeah, he was he was an amazing guy. In fact, super famous guy actually is he was the lead singer of the Diamonds. So he had sixteen top ten hits in the fifties and he, he's my husband's dad. Yeah, and we lived with him. So yeah, I learned a lot from him. Was there a Grammy in the downstairs bathroom? No, he never it was back in the fifties. He was on the first rock and roll bus tour ever. 
Yeah, in the United States. He was with Buddy Holly. That's Yeah, Fats Domino, um, Paul Anka. I think the Shirelles were on the bus. Um, anyways, he did this. And later in his life, he did a whole show based on that bus tour. Wow. So, yeah, his best friend was Buddy Holly. So he was in that era, and he was a total heartthrob. Like, till the day he died, he was a complete heartthrob. Yeah. Wowzers. Okay, so this is this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you managed to via diet and the treatments, I mm-hmm. guess, figure out a way of, uh, as you say, putting your eczema into remission. Yeah. So what was it that took you down? Because nowadays, if somebody did that, they might be somebody who is all about the the sort of cult of wellness for a better for want of a better expression. Yeah. But you're very science led as well. Very. So um, it's very unusual. But they're together. They're together. Like I love, you know, back in the day, doctors would say, it doesn't matter what you eat. (laughs) Okay. It totally matters what you eat. I'm Mm. sorry. You are what you eat. Mm. Right. So I, I believe in that. And I think that's part of science. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am scientific in how I go about formulating and how I read, I read studies on ingredients all the time. Um, I'm constantly in contact with scientists that are break groundbreaking, like figuring out. So like the next 10 years is going to be so like what's coming is mind blowing, um, especially in skincare. Cause we're figuring out like our whole system is a system, mm. right? And our skin is the largest system and like just there's a word called microbiome. They're figuring out that we're all, we're this, you know, medley of different bacteria and balancing that bacteria is really important. And there, if there's a breakdown, there's a breakdown and it's really disease. Yeah. And so they're figuring out like you can introduce the microbiome that you're lacking and then you can get well. Mm. How cool is that? Like that's going to change skincare. This is this is going to be big. So when you alluded earlier to we don't have a cure for eczema yet, and you had a yet. twinkle in your eye, yeah, is that because you think that that's I do some, in the next ten years? I uh, less. Sorry, I think so. I nearly swore. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot on the horizon for us and stem cells too. Like the, the, the world is rapidly figuring out a lot of things, which is so, and we're starting to really fund, see a lot of funding for scientists, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you know, the end game is money. Unfortunately, that's how they get funded because if, if, if the end game isn't money, they're not going to get funded. So that's right. what I've learned also in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had Elizabeth Hurley on this podcast recently and I've interviewed her for years mm-hmm. about um, the breast cancer campaign. And she's and she always comes down to we need money. That money. Money funds research. Yeah, it and does. It's as simple as that. If you want yeah. the scientists to make the breakthroughs, they need money. Not only do they need money, though, if the cure doesn't make money, it may not get off the ground. It'll be killed. That makes me shudder. But that's the truth. Mm. Yeah. People will keep people sick if it's making money. If there's a cure and there's no money in it, they're not going to let it happen. Big pharma conspiracy. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's go into um, your professional training and where that yeah. began. Yeah. So I 
it, this, the, okay. Remember I said that was your puzzle. Mm-hmm. So my whole journey was the puzzle to now, and I can't wait for the next puzzle, <laughs> but, um, or the, the continuation of the puzzle, because now looking back, I was like, oh, that's why I ended right. up there. So I lived in Fresno. I grew up in Fresno, which is this tiny little town. Well, not tiny, but small town, um, in the middle of California. And I was raised by two teachers. My dad was a football coach and my mom, football as in like tackle football. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Um, And then um, my mom was also a teacher and she taught continuation school for really troubled kids. Um, And so my life was very eclectic. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was Texan and my mom was like this total eccentric hippie. So it was a weird dynamic in my house. And unfortunately, my mom, um, she became a severe alcoholic to the point where she was um, homeless and died homeless. And, um, and so my life as a kid was tumultuous, like really tumultuous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I, I, well, I know that's why today, like I created my own company because I didn't, I didn't want people to have control over my destiny because as a kid, it was so out of control that I'm like, okay, I have to control my destiny. Right. And mm-hmm. so I feel like that's what really got me to be independent and always an independent thinker. Like I don't want to rely on anyone. So preach it sister. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I moved to San Luis Obispo, which is another sm- very small town in the middle of California, but now on the coast. Cause I love the ocean. And I had a dermatology friend and she said, Kate, you should start doing skincare in a doctor's office. And I thought, that's really cool. And I was a receptionist at a spa and I was in the spa environment, which um, um, was a little topsy turvy and a little crazy for me because it had hair and skin. Mm. Um, but I was like, doctor's office would be really cool, right? Mm. It, w- it would be um, a little more scientific and like how I would want to approach it. And so I went to aesthetic school, got my license, put a business plan together and went around to all the doctors in town. And I said, Hey, I want to do skincare. I'm an esthetician. They didn't even know what an esthetician was by the way, at this point, cause this was like late nineties. And, um, they were like, are you going to put my patients to sleep? What do you do? And I'm like, no, I'm going to do skincare. I want to do skincare in your offices. I'll do your pre, your pre and your post-operative care for your clients. Okay. So I'll care for their skin after you give them facelifts or whatever you're going to do. And then, um, they both said, yes, I, I was with a dermatologist and a plastic surgeon. Was that, a, sorry to interrupt, but was that yeah. a service that wasn't really necessary? No, it was just never. lift and you're out? Yeah. Oh. So I was like, and I was like, I will enhance what you do because you're not changing skin texture, tone or brown spots. And I'm going to make you look better. I'm going to advertise. Mm-hmm. 
you at back then doctors didn't advertise. They, they saw that as, um, unethical. Mm -hmm. And so I brought all these women in for facials and they were like, Hey, your doctor does this and this and this. And so I helped build their practice. They helped build mine. Mm -hmm. They taught me so much. So three years into my career, lasers came on the scene and I was actually on one of the first lasers to ever be done. And, um, Back then, lasers were third degree burns. They yeah. were they were ablative, and meaning like the the women, sorry to say, look like hamburger. I mean, I mean, their skin was like annihilated for three or four months, and so I couldn't three or four months. Yeah. Oh yeah. And wow. so I couldn't use um, normal products on them. They were so sensitive. So mm-hmm. that's what pushed me to start my line, my mm-hmm. skincare line, and. Um, so I went to a, a pharmacist and I said, can you make this and this, you know, cause those were my tools. Because it was it right that you would go to sort of conferences and expos mm-hmm. and you, and it was there that you met a compound pharmacist yep. and you said, I feel like I need this, but it's not available. And yeah. he said, let's have a, let's yeah. have a go. Yeah. So see how the puzzle is mm. pulling together. So then I, I, um, met my husband Um, and it was time for me to grow. So I sold my clinic to the doctor and put two estheticians in and went on my merry way. And I worked for another company that did product products. And I saw that side of the world Mm. and I did consulting for doctors because now doctors were like, Oh, I want to do what you did. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I would go in and consult and set them up with an esthetician and products and, and so I did that for a while and then I got tired of that because I don't like travel, like that kind of travel. Mm. And then I moved to, to Los Angeles and that's when my life changed. I worked for one of the top surgeons in the world. His name was Stephen Hofflin. Mm. And that, you know, that's where he, he was an innovator. He was the top surgeon in the world. We, mm. we worked on everyone and I helped with his skin clinic and, um, and then he had some issues. He had a doctor leave, and then the paparazzis got a hold of us, and we 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 couldn't even walk through our doors without the paparazzis. And so I then had to go to my clients' homes, which then I got very tired of that. So the clinic got rumbled for having aliases. Yeah, but yeah, he had a doctor leave and leak a bunch of uh, stuff okay. and then it was not good for a minute. And then um and then what happened was I had my son and I'm like I'm going to do this my way. Mm. And because I was in doctors offices and they were giving me the ability to really change skin because I was doing injectables at the time. I was doing lasers and and skincare, but California had changed its laws now. And now... And I think it's important at this point to say, so you have injected, you've done all the treatments. All of it. You know skin inside out. Inside. I know know how it heals. Mm. I've done peels, lasers, injectables, everything. Mm. So... California changes their laws and says RNs, nurse practitioners, can only do these things now. And all you can do as an esthetician, even though you're under a doctor's supervision, is topical facials. And I was gutted. Mm. My whole life was like, I'm, I'm done here. 
But what that did, that negative became a positive. And how that came a positive, I started hiring nurses because I, I had a medical director over me. I, I started having nurses do those things and I started consulting and I had um, my clients. Mm. And what was unique about our clinic and still is, when you come into our clinic, you see an esthetician first, you have your, your facial, mm-hmm. and then then a nurse comes in, rolls in the right laser for you. You do some laser and then maybe some LED lights. And then you see a esthetician and she finishes up your treatment. And then you move along your way with your regimen. So it's a whole, right? Mm-hmm. It's treating, not only is it treating, it's treating different layers of the skin, mm-hmm. So we, we do microcurrent to build the muscles, the structure of the skin, because um, our muscles, as we age, start to sag. Mm-hmm. And so microcurrents, no, it's like going to the gym for your face. Mm. But then we do lasers to help keep collagen plumped, and then the estheticians take care of the top layer. And so not only are we treating different layers in the skin, but we're treating everything as a whole. Mm. And so that's what makes us unique. Mm. And um, so anyhow, I, I, I started Kate Somerville on Melrose Place. And I wanted to start medical skincare in a fun environment. So I opened three kind of residential, it's like in a residential area, three rooms with injectables, lasers, and facials, but yet the it's like glamorous and fun and homey. Well, can we talk a little bit about the clinic on Melrose Place? Because yeah. obviously my only knowledge of Melrose Place is the TV the show. The TV show, yeah. Um, and Grant's show from the TV show is now yeah. Dynasty as Blake, and I love him. Oh. Um, side note. Uh-huh. So I have no idea what Melrose Place is like, but I've heard it's like a, a, sort of quite a unique It is. And so LA. LA is like spread out it doesn't feel intimate but for some reason and I come from a small town Mm. so I didn't feel comfortable totally in LA Mm -hmm. because I I was a transplant but Mel when I got onto Melrose Place it feels like a street from here actually it has all these cute little hidden stores and it has it feels it has like cobblestone um on the street and it feels like here actually and it feels like a small town and so I I I I got the space and my husband and I built it out ourselves we had zero money by the way like zero and I had a you know maybe I don't know a couple hundred clients and some of them super famous and some not <laughs> and um and when we say super famous listeners we're talking about like big people that you will know because you have sat and fallen asleep in front of their movies yeah or fallen asleep meaning they're on Netflix yeah. and you've probably got that oh you're still watching yeah. but they're like huge major stars major yeah but back in the day major like you know like mm. Michael Jackson like that big you know, big, 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 big. And I know that shudders people when I say Michael Jackson, but anyways, that's controversial. But um, 
anyhow, like big, big people. And also this this location yeah. itself has a celebrity like legacy, right? It does, which I didn't know. I, I literally found it and it was a storage unit for one of the antique stores. So when I got to Melrose Place, it was a street, a very sleepy, sleepy street mm. with no retail, mm. just um, old antiques. And so it was an antique. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Keeks next door, it was a storage unit. And so I landed there and then it just like then a lot of stars came like in that in that era it was Paris, Hilton, Nicole Richie, Lindsay and Jessica Alba, mm-hmm. you know, Gray's the whole Gray's Anatomy, Will and Grace, like all all these show like everybody was coming at that point and they kind of put Melrose place on the map for retailers mm-hmm. and then Mark J- Jacobs moved in and once Mark Jacobs moved in that was it mm-hmm. it just exploded around me yeah. you know and um, I miss the quiet days honestly because that street is mad now um, with retailers and cars and hipsters <laughs> Alfred's coffee is down below me and it's like all these hipsters Great coffee. But did they have oat milk? <laughs> they do. They were probably one of the first to have oat milk. But anyhow, and that's how that started. And then how I got into retail. Mm. Well, this is the thing. You had like big celebrity clients. And yeah. Like all the sensible people who've got a brand. Yeah. And who who have that personal yeah. relationship with But clients. I didn't feel like I had a brand then. No, but I was just Kate Somerville doing skincare on Melrose Place and I was doing something unique and transformational. Yes, this is the thing. So Mm -hmm. you and I both know that if you want to get a celebrity to talk about your product, especially in this day and age, um, money changes hands. But one of the Not, things that didn't built used your brand to be, yeah, was organic and organic, completely. I I have still to this day never paid a celebrity to say I use Kate Somerville. Mm. Never that I know of, anyways, because mm-hmm. um, things have gotten bigger. But in my like when I was completely in control, never, mm. never. I didn't need it. And at that stage, we were also women that wanted to help each other. Mm. That, that was awesome Mm. because like, you know, especially Paris, I feel was probably the biggest person that she was so generous. She showed up to every event I ever did in the beginning. Um, she's such a character. We like at the clinic, we love her. And, um, you know, she had so much media and we were in people, people magazine, us weekly. These were big mags at least. Mm back in that those days now it's influencers and yeah. the internet which is awesome too it's mm. just another another thing way. yeah but you had the thing of you were bottling up Kate Somerville products for them yeah 
I was um, I was mixing on site. I had like seven skews that were bottled for me mm-hmm. at the time, but I was mixing a lot on site and customizing for each person. And you had what? Um, I've only heard a few times with brands where retailers came to you and said, they they came to me, but they came to me because the media was just like Kate Somerville, Kate Somerville, mm-hmm. and so. I think the first person that called was Nordstrom's and Sephora. And they were like, we want your line. And I was like, well, I don't have a retail line. Give me a second. Mm -hmm. So a client of mine, her husband invested. And, um, And then within like a year and a half, they got bought out by a private equity firm. And then... And then recently I just partnered with Unilever about four years ago. Mm. Yeah. So that's how, that's how I've grown the business. But that was this, the ride has been really rough for me Mm. um, because um, private equity is really a tough thing. I mean, I've had many partners say, you know, we're not many, but a partner say, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this without you. And I'm like, do Kate Somerville without me. You're going to die, but go for it. And I literally packed my family and went to Hawaii for 10 days and said, okay, we have to reinvent ourselves. And I thought I was going to lose everything. And, um, so I hear, like, I talk to a lot of founders and, and what it helps me because, I, I've been through so much and, and, and a lot of founders have, mm. you know, cause we, we need to grow our, our businesses. Mm. And as a woman entrepreneur, I just learned this, which gives me a little less harshness on myself. 2% of women get funded, at least in the USA, 2%. So meaning a man can walk in and ask for money and he has, way more chance of getting funded. I have 2% chance of getting funded. Wow. And so the struggle for women to start their businesses, but, but it's starting, I can't say it's starting to change, but what I say is if, if you're a woman and you have financial means, invest in a woman. Mm. Invest in a woman and be fair because the men that I've dealt with, um, have not been fair. They've they've taken a lot more than than me. So, so you, you would say I feel like I've sold my soul at times because I've had to climb and keep it going. You know, so it's it, you know any any business story though it's it is it's it's you know there's 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 stories where there are instant su- successes, mm. but there's always a story of like whoa we almost you know lost it. You know, yeah. there's many times I'm like, how are we going to pay payroll? And I had good problems. Mm. I was on fire. I was on QVC and QVC, the hard thing with QVC was this consignment. So I would have to build the product, Mm. go sell it, hope I sold it. If I didn't sell it, it was coming back to me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I also started my company two years into like the recession hit. Mm. So then lending was like really tough. And I had, I had, I was on fire at QVC. Mm. You had the $5.8 million. Yeah. In a day, in a day, but I had to build the inventory and I didn't get paid for that six months later. So I had to go out, you know, in private equity, they're like, every time I needed money, they were like, well, you're going to have to give up equity. 
so you keep getting dumbed down, mm. you know, so to hang on was really, really hard. So I'm curious. I remember mm-hmm. someone saying to me uh, a couple of years ago, because mm-hmm. I felt like I'd had a major failure in mm-hmm. my career. Mm-hmm. And they said, the thing is, Emma, you never want to take advice from anyone who hasn't failed at least once. Yeah. I And I try and keep that in mind. I And like, you know, I've learned a lot and I've coached a lot of people too. Like there's a lot of brands, founders mm-hmm. that you don't know about that have had massive success that they were going down a wrong path. And I'm, and thank God for QVC because we were all stuck in rooms hanging out together as founders. And, and I'm like, you, you can't, you can't sign with this person. You can't do this. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Cause it was just mistakes I made because I didn't know any better, Mm. you know? And, um, and so, and, and thank God they didn't make the mistakes that I did that in that way. I think the green rooms at QVC can actually be yeah. some of the you greatest. You know, because yeah, you yeah. were in there. Yeah. Some of my, honestly, genuinely my best friendships in this industry. I know. Are from like waiting in there for two hours before yep. a 12 o'clock hit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's, that is when we, we've had so many great times. Yeah. You're right. So, I mean, you, I, I think I've heard you say before that if you were to go back and do it all again, mm-hmm. you wouldn't create a range, you'd create one product. Is yeah. Right? I think so. I, um, the hard thing is, is yeah, one product isn't going to solve anything, yeah. but I'll tell you, it's so much easier to, to market one thing, one okay. story. So that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. So your whole thing was, if we go back to the eczema story, your whole thing mm-hmm. is solution. Let's yeah. fix a problem. Yeah. Let's look at it from a completely holistic approach. Yeah. Let's see what we have to do mm-hmm. and fix it. Yeah. But the business side of it has made you realize that actually, if you want to get into it for money, yeah, it's one product. It's turn it into an icon, yeah, and ship it, yeah, yeah. I think it is. Yep. I mean, exfoliate is our number one. Mm. Like we're known for exfoliating and exfoliate. Mm. Um, literally, we could hang our hat on that product if we went worldwide with that, mm. you know, and just blew it out because you can use it, like it just transforms skin like in one use Mm -hmm. and you can use it with any product and um and they always say your your five best sellers is where the money is and it's you know you won't confuse people the hard thing is is I'm a clinician and I know it's not one thing that Mm -hmm. changes transforms everybody for everything um so yeah yeah I I think I would do one thing so what keeps you adding what keeps you the people that I, that I, that I change, Mm. like literally I have, I'll get super down, super, super like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? And then I'll have someone literally in tears going, thank you. You have changed my life. Mm. And then I go, I have to keep. So tell me about, because you said something as well that I can just completely relate to, (laughs) which is, um, the industry's changing and it's not changing Ugh. for the better. And one of the things is that uh, people who don't know about skincare or yeah. skin are coming out with skincare lines. Yeah, for sure. It's it's marketing and they're doing it amazing. Like, you know, look at Glossier. They're, they look at what they're doing, you know, and, and um, they're appealing to young people that, um, but, you know, she's not a skin health expert, but mm. she was an editor, I think, right? That's her story. Mm. And, and she knows, and she had a following and, and she created a beautiful brand. Um, but 
I'm sure she's relying on, you know, labs to create mm-hmm. products. Um, so I, I can't say that it's, it's bad. It just, it's just different. You know what I mean? And yeah, there's, you know, like drunk elephant, mm. drunk elephant said the suspicious six, right? That's their, their gig. Mm. They're like, what not to use? Um, whether I disagree or agree with that, mm. um, is irrelevant, but they're a massive brand and they, 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 they made this like magic happen, you know, yeah. but, but she's not an expert. So again, like it's, and I'm not touting myself either, you know, um, she's, she was a great marketer. In fact, they're, they're, they're much bigger than we are. And I've been in the game three times longer than her and, and I'm an expert mm-hmm. in skin. So I, I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just proud that I'm really transforming people and, yeah. and, 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 and all I can do is say, this is what I do and I have to stay authentic to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just help people as they need it. And as they come, you know, it's, um, I had Joe Jones on the podcast recently Mm -hmm. and she was talking about the whole scarcity model and that's what made Kylie's lip kits sell out to begin Mm -hmm. with. It was like, there aren't that many. And once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. And also, you know, who's doing that now is Spanx. Oh, really? Yeah. So Spanx, I get these, these, these ads saying sold out in 48 hours. And then the next day I'll be like, they'll show them again and sold out in 72 hours. So that that's all mm. going to be a marketing thing now too. But you said something interesting and it wasn't until I heard you say, it, I thought, God, I, I really hadn't thought about how that really is a genius marketing technique. And it's the the brands telling you what's not in their products before they tell you what is in their products. Yeah. I think again, it's genius, but it do. It's so confusing. So you've you've done this thing. You've created. Well, they've they've said, oh, these things are bad, Mm. so don't use them because they're poisoning you, and Mm. we don't have those things in our products. Okay, so I'm. I have a Facebook group. I'm a member of Caroline's Facebook yeah. group. I'm a member of Nadine Baggett's Facebook yeah. group, and I see the conversations, mm-hmm. and I know that. I, for me, it's show me the data, show me the clinical trials. Mm-hmm. I want to see the results, yeah. and then I'll get Nadine to explain them to me because yeah. she's a scientist. Yeah. And she knows more than I do. Yeah. Or I ask someone like you. I ask a mate like you and say, yeah. "What does this actually mean?" Yeah. And but I feel like the science and the data has also been used to bamboozle people. They, it can be, but that's that's in the medical world too. Mm. You know, like there's there's lots of controversy even in in the medical world. Like, oh, this study didn't take this into account. They didn't do any. They didn't do that many subjects. You know, so um, so yeah, you have to look at science also with what what do they have to gain and okay, is this true? Mm. You know and um, you know, you just have to go on, you know, if, if you read the data and it feels like it's authentic and you see the before and afters and you hope they're real Mm. and you read the data and, and you, you hope that that's, that's real. But I could, if I was a consumer, if I had nothing to do with the beauty industry and I thought, okay, I'm going to take my skin into hand. I could go to a shop and find a, an affordable range of single ingredient products. Yeah. And it's a bit like when you go to a health food store and you're like, oh, that supplement will um, speed up my metabolism. Yeah. And that one will make my skin clearer. Yeah. And that one will make my bowels yeah. move better. Yeah. And so you buy them all. Yeah. And I do feel like that's what's happened with skin recently. It is. People going, 
I'll use that topical ingredient, that topical yeah. ingredient, and that topical ingredient, and they're overstimulating. Massively. Mm-hmm. And we're in our clinic, we're seeing tons of overprocessed. I call it overprocessed or irritated skin. Mm. And now we are creating products that address it. Can you tell me, we, uh, at the top of the show, we talked about you saying about why should I put 24 karat gold on my face? Yeah. And I've also spoken to dermatologists who are yeah. like, you're not, a, you're not a melon. So don't use, don't necessarily use skincare that's got melanin. Where, yeah. Can you, for the listeners, my most excellent listeners who are all excellent and trying their best to yeah. achieve their greatest skin. Yeah. Could you tell me where you stand on the clean and all natural, all natural beauty movement, as it were? Okay, oh, you so should see her, you should see her face, listen. Yeah, you know, listen. There's a lot of jury out, like, okay, what is clean? Mm. You know, and what ingredient is clean? And, and you know, there's people touting clean, um, and touting natural, mm. um. We're under the FDA as well, so we have to make sure we're under their guidelines, at least in the U.S. and in the U.K. Um, so clean is is um, an interesting category now because the retailers are kind of making up what is clean and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it can be um, misleading, I feel like. And then all natural, the hard thing with all natural is they start to use a lot of natural ingredients that causes allergies. Like there's like, because I come from more of a scientific medical world, like I have always known like, okay, if you're going to put really natural, like straight natural ingredients on the skin, you're most likely going to have irritation and you're going to, you're going to have a reaction. Um, so I don't know if anyone's ever like said, oh, I'm going to try wheat, straight wheat grass on my face because I've heard that it, you drink it and you cleanse and how many people have tried wheat grass on their face and they've exploded. Right. Mm. Or, or if you've gone in your refrigerator and you've like made certain masks and it didn't do so hot. Um, so I've rubbed honey into my face. Yeah. Yeah. Honey, honey typically is fine. (laughs) Um, but when I have ever used natural, I get hives and my face blows up. Mm. That's just me though. And I find in my clinic when it's all, all natural, we have way more issues. Mm. Um, so that's my view on that. Um, I always kind of err on more, um, I love nature as far as like healing and balancing Mm -hmm. uh, formulas, but I like active ingredients with scientific Mm -hmm. science behind it too. But they, because I, and forgive me if I'm wrong, because I am not a formulator, but do you not have a retinol that has hyaluronic acid and, but lavender? Yeah. Uh, Well, um, I have a hydrator that has lavender in it. Mm -hmm. Um, but more for, a scent. Right. So it's very little, mm-hmm. but lavender can be irritating at times, mm-hmm. but I used it for scent only. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but most of my products like have, and some, some of them have botanicals to kind of offset, um, some of the irritation. So how I formulate is really unique. Mm-hmm. So if I have a retinol, 
I typically put a hydrator with it because retinols turn cell over and they cause dryness. So I want to negate the dryness and I want it make it easier on the skin. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just dry you out. I want you, and I want to do it slowly. I don't want to give you a flash burn like Retin-A does. Right. Like I don't want to just put it on and then you're a mess for six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So I do it um you know, and in, incrementally, and and I and I preserve the barrier, and I get your skin used to it, mm-hmm. um, because I need you to look good while you're getting even better. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I have um, what other product could I tell you? Okay, so vitamin C and retinol. Mm-hmm. So people are like, oh, you can't use them together. Well, you can because vitamin C does something completely different than retinol. Mm. The reason why they couldn't live together is because vitamin C is unstable. But how we've done it is we've encapsulated the vitamin C. So when you actually put it on the heat of your skin, it releases, time releases. Mm -hmm. And then the retinol goes in, so it turns over skin cell. But then on top of those two really awesome ingredients that transform skin, Mm. we've put in things that really help inflammation and we've put in things that are really hydrating Mm -hmm. so it's you're getting this this awesome result without downtime and that's my whole difference in my my skincare Mm -hmm. and a lot of people come to me and like you know, I've tried everything and yours works, but it doesn't irritate. Mm. And so those are the people I'm kind of, that's my, my, mm. that's, that's who I kind of target, I guess. I don't, I just target anybody that wants to listen really. Mm. Um, but, um, it seems like those are the people that are more vocal. They're like, ah, I've tried everything. And once I went to your stuff, it worked, but it didn't irritate. Mm. And that was, that's even my goal in the clinic. So we're doing lasers, but we're not taking you to the point where you're going to have two weeks of downtime. Because I was in plastic surgery where you'd have a month of downtime. Mm. Um, but my goal was to give results to people that didn't want to do that downtime. Mm. So it seems as well another thing is sort of s- slow but sure. Like yeah. if you want to make any change, yeah. even if it's in the clinic, even yeah. if it's using a laser, which to all intents and yeah. purposes is aggressive, yeah. slowly, gently, yes. Yes. because we'll st- we might not get there in six months, but yeah. we will get there. Well, we'll get there in six weeks. 10 weeks. I did a book called Complexion Perfection and I changed people's skin in 10 weeks that people didn't even think it was possible. Mm -hmm. And the before and afters. So if you go to the internet and you go to Complexion Perfection, Mm -hmm. um, look up the before and afters. Those are real Mm -hmm. raw photos. They're not retouched because they look retouched. Mm -hmm. And that those are possible without surgery, without any major downtime Mm. it's all topical and laser and and some filler in some cases and filler and not cases and in the pictures so you can get fast results but um you it just doesn't need to be so extreme Mm. you know um in my book, you know, and as you age too, you want to do little tweaks as you age, mm. right? Like you're in your twenties. I mean, a lot of people now in their twenties are doing lips and breasts and now they're filling their butts, which is weird, but it's dangerous. Like, please don't fill your butt with stuff. It's dangerous. It's bizarre, but 
Okay. You know, I, I, who am I to judge? But anyways, that was an inadvertent innuendo. But it is, it is. I, I wouldn't do it personally. Mm. Um, Paul Nassif was on this podcast and he said that is a dangerous procedure that I, I hope the trend goes away. I hope, well, yeah, well maybe some, somebody really famous might get hurt and then maybe they'll, they'll, something will come to light. Mm. Um, but, um, where were we going with this? Sorry. <laughs> um, but again, like, you know, when people come to me, you know, I, I want to enhance who they are mm-hmm. and make them still look like themselves. And, and if, if that's what they want, if they want to change their face completely, I'm not the person mm. like I, I will send you to, I know the people that will mm. change your face. I know. And I know awesome ones that do it. They're, they'll do they'll do the best work. the best work yeah so you helped yourself then you found out that you could help other people yeah in varying ways yeah tell me about Kate Can because I think this is incredible um so Kate Can or Kate Cares oh I thought it was called Kate Can so Kate Can we took people mm-hmm. and we transformed their skin. And we did it for free because they were they didn't have the means to do it, mm-hmm. and we wanted to show also what was possible. That, mm-hmm. So that's Kate Can, and you can go to hashtag Kate Can and see all the before and afters. So that's Kate Can. Kate cares is um, so it's different initiatives that I love. So I love the ocean, mm-hmm. and we are now going through fires and two years ago I almost lost my house and then we had massive flooding in our house. It was mudslides. Mudslides killed a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of friends. And um, my husband and I went down on the beach after the flood and these kids had plastic bags. And it was so cool because that generation's so into Mm. like, we got to save the planet. I didn't even think of having a plastic bag. So my husband and I started picking up trash so it didn't go in the ocean after the floods. And I picked up so many plastic bottles and caps and Mm. cigarette butts and straws. And, and then I started researching like what was in the ocean. Mm. And now it's a big deal. Like this wasn't as big of a deal then. And, and so I was like, we have to change this. We have mm. to rethink plastic. And so our mission for Kate Somerville is we're rethinking plastic. We're trying to get better about, and Unilever is too, mm. um, trying to get, trying to change plastic. And the industry is just going to change the, the situation with the oceans, I hope. Mm. Um, but governments need to get involved too because we need recycling. Because plastic itself is not the enemy. It's how we we reuse it. Right. It's how, where we dispose of it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and single-use plastics. As long as we can get a figure out a way to turn it into something else instead of it going into our planet. Mm. So that is something on our docket. And then, 
you know, I talked about the 2% of women not being funded. And so we're looking at that too, like, you know, helping women. I help girls just by advice right now, but how do we, how do we help that? And Jane um, Warwin from Dermalogica is doing great work in that space. And a lot of women are starting to do really good work in that Mm -hmm. space. Um, So I think we need to make that a big forefront too. Um, So those are the two initiatives. And then me just doing kind of business motivational speaking for Mm. people wanting to start their brands and kind of telling them what I did and then they can take from it what they want Mm. and apply it or not apply it. A lot of people who listen to this podcast, I know a lot of women who listen to this podcast are thinking about turning a side hustle into a business or starting a side hustle. Well, look at influencers. Mm. They're, they're totally doing very well and they, they started a business and they're supporting their families and me as an esthetician same thing I started from nothing Mm. I feel like I started from minus (laughs) Mm. um you know and and I turned something into nothing just by hard work and love of what I do Mm. so it's I think go do it just go do it and when you have a naysayer thank them and let it give you fire to prove them wrong I think what I really like, and this really goes back to the beginning of the podcast, I know that we're coming to the end of our time together, but um, even if it's a failure or even if it doesn't feel, you don't feel good about it, like I've said to you about how I felt yeah. about my magazine days, but it's a, it was a stepping stone. It's a part of the journey. It's and It's part informed. of the journey. And I, li- I need to listen to my, my own self because sometimes I get, I get down like where I am and I'm like, okay, what's next? You know, maybe, maybe this part of the journey was part of the next stepping stone Mm. obviously it is but sometimes when you're in it it doesn't feel like that right Mm. you're like why am I here Mm. um but just try and remember it's part of the journey hopefully when you get into that space because I do that too I can feel very despondent sometimes I'm like what is we all do we all do what can get you out of it (sighs) the next moment Mm. because you don't know what'll hit that I had I About two weeks ago, I had something hit me that hit me in a real raw spot Mm. and it sent me down for a day. And I thank God I had a day of at home and I literally laid in bed all day with my animals and I felt really sorry for myself (laughs) all day. And, And then the next day I got up and I had one of the greatest days of my life. And so after that day, I was like, it can go down, but it sure the hell can go up. Mm. So don't give up. It's just a moment. And I'm trying to teach my son this too, because mm. he he's kind of dealing with some anxiety as a teenager and he's going off to college. And, and I'm like, listen, I want you to know um, that a feeling is not in total control of you. Mm. And that it's just a feeling and it'll probably pass within an hour or two or a day or two. So you're down moments, you're going to have them. So allow yourself to be down and Mm. cry about it, whatever you need to do. And then when the up moments, just be like, woohoo, this is an up moment. Mm. So that that's kind of what I would say. I'm learning, trying to trust Mm. a little bit more because, um, I think we go like, where are we? And even uncomfortable feelings, maybe you're supposed to make you uncomfortable because you're supposed to move. Mm. 
Mm. Right? So like heat, you touch fire and it's like, ow. Mm -hmm. So you move. Mm -hmm. So maybe the pain is for you to move. Yeah. You know? So get out of dodge. Yeah. Yeah. As they say. Yeah. Well, this has been an up moment for me. Oh, thank you so much. It's been honestly, I really do feel like I talked to you for hours about so many things. Yeah. I'm really glad this, this is your first visit to the show. You'll be back. Okay, good. Um, But thank you so much for telling your story and also really helping me and our listeners understand like the story of Kate Somerville. Cause I think it's so authentic and I do think you, and it says it on the packaging and it's in your face whenever you talk about your formulations. Yeah. It, it is about trying to get somebody to a place where they feel more comfortable in their own skin. That's it. That's all mm. I'm doing. That, that, and, and I want to figure out your puzzle. Mm. And, and um, you know, I, I, that's all I can do yeah. is know what I, that's what I do. Yeah. So um, I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. Don't ever stop. Listeners, obviously the links to Kate and all the products and everything will be in the show notes. But Kate Somerville, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, I just wanted to uh, just say, just honestly, how much of an impact that show made on me and how the thing I really took away from it and the thing I sort of texted my friends from the car afterwards was the way Kate talks about the things that happen that might not seem like they're the right thing happening in the moment. They're just something pushing you forward to the next thing, which is going to be good. You know, she's just, don't look back with regret. Don't look back and feel bad about something. Look back and think, I'm going to appreciate that for for where it took me next. And I think, well, I certainly don't always adhere to those rules or am able to very easily find that mental space to go, yeah, it sucks, so... But I'm going to look back on it in a year's time and it will it will feel different. So it was just a really nice perspective that she had. That was the thing that I did as soon as I left. I was kind of texting friends saying, oh, I just did a podcast and oh, I, this she said this and this was so amazing. So that was really the thing that stood out for me. But I would be so delighted to know what stood out for you. So how about you go and join the Facebook group? And the way to do that is super, super easy. All you have to do is go to the show notes, which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this episode, whether you're Android, whether you're Apple, whether you're listening on emmaguns.com, and you find the show notes and where it says Facebook group, there is a hyperlink. Click on that. It will take you straight there. You have to answer three questions just to make sure that no one's trying to get into sell to you because I wouldn't want it to be that kind of forum. You have to agree to the group rules and then thousands of other listeners of the show will welcome you, as well as me, will welcome you with open arms And we just can't wait for you to come and join us. So please do. There's, I mean, even today, I've had questions about MLMs. We've been talking about what the best beauty products are for winter skin. Someone's been asking for some budgeting advice over Christmas. It's just a brilliant, brilliant, it really is social media at its best. So you can, you can join me and thousands of other listeners to the podcast there, or you can DM me on social media. I'm at Emma Guns on Twitter and I'm at Emma Guns on Instagram. Or if you want to send me a longer message, and why not? Lots of you have actually been emailing me recently about Christmas podding or the December Daily, which I'm sort of, I'm trying to make it sound a bit mature. It's like um, Prince. I've turned it into symbol. I don't know. I've just, I've rebranded Christmas podding to December Daily. But I'll, I'll never, I'll always have a soft spot for Christmas podding. But anyway, um, <laughs> why not? 
why not email me, thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Loads of you have been emailing about the kind of topics and subjects that you want me to cover during December, which is absolutely fantastic. But whether it's about that or whether it's about anything else, whether it's feedback, whether it's something you'd like, a guest you'd like me to get on, a topic you'd like me to cover, or just a chat. <laughs> just to say something that you would like me to know about, then just email me, thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. It's always so delightful to spend this time with you. I really, really, really appreciate your time. I know everyone is busy. So the fact that you make it to the end of these podcasts is just so, so kind of you. And thank you so much for your support. And I will see you on the next one. Bye.